great. So what city? What city are you all from? Well, I, one person, because <laughs> I, heard, I heard a lot of stuff there. Which school? Coast Christian. Okay, and then you guys are Merced, yes? Outstanding, guys. It's great to meet you. Hey, who's been brought up in the church? Kind of gone to the church your whole life. Hands way up, yeah. Okay, wow. And you know what? I did, I did too. I kind of grew up going to church my whole, my whole life. I went to Christian school my whole life. Everywhere, everything from kindergarten all the way up through my master's program. And here's the thing that happened for me, especially in high school. Uh, Jesus just became a subject to study. The Bible was a book. It was like, it was like a textbook because I had to get the grades. And then God kind of met me, and it was here at Hume Lake uh, when I was 17, the summer before my senior year, uh, right over there at Pondy. Uh, I stood up and gave my life completely to Christ, and he's changed me since then. And so what I want to challenge you with is this. We're, we're going to get into some passages of Scripture that maybe you feel like you've heard. You already know it. You've heard it. You've been there, done that. I want to challenge us. Just engage. Just hang in there. Take notes, um, and especially when you get your, in your cabins, ask questions. But really engage in the process. Engage in this. Give God a few days and watch what he'll do if you'll, if you'll give him those days, Okay. So let's pray. I know we just finished praying, but I don't like to preach unless we pray. So let's pray. We're going to jump in. Let's pray. Father, we pause before we speak to you, for you are God and we are not. God, we want you to speak. I want you to change lives and start with mine. God, I'm not above learning anything. I'm not above being changed by you. Father, I pray that you would convict and encourage whatever is necessary to make us look like Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in such a way that you make much of Christ. And Jesus, I pray that you're the focus of the whole night, of the whole week that we're together. God, do what you do. God, change lives, transform, do the miraculous, we pray. In Jesus' name, whatever who agrees says, amen. If you have your Bibles, um, John chapter 1. Just the first verse for just right now. John chapter 1, verse 1. And Think about when John's trying to figure out how, how he's going to start off his gospel. It's like, okay, so Mark started off this way. He kind of started telling the story. Matthew started with a story. Luke started with a story. And here comes John. So how should I start this? And so maybe he writes out one. He starts a story. He goes, no, that's not going to work. And starts another, no, that's not going to work. And all of a sudden he just says this. In the beginning... See, every Jewish person there would know that in the very beginning, it would go back to the beginning of the Bible. So Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So John knew what he was doing. When he says, in the beginning, he knew everybody would go back to when, when the beginning began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Guys, I think we need to start with who God is. Before we move anywhere else in the topics we're going to be looking at for the rest of the week, we need to start with who God is because I feel like, and this is just a personal conviction, I think it's been happening for a long time, we've kind of turned Jesus into our homeboy. Like he's just, you know, he's okay. He's not super impressive. He can do some miracles, but he's not really all that great. Like God can do stuff, but is he really that massive and mighty? Guys, anybody love science? Any science fans? Yeah, I, I wish I understood it. I, I can read stuff, but I don't get it. So you guys are kind of my heroes. There's this thing called the cosmological argument. And then some people will say, Brian, are you really going to get into this? I think middle schoolers can handle this. The cosmological argument. What is it? It means this. It means that at some point, all time, matter, and space began. It hasn't always been around. So at some point, there was no such thing as time. 
that it was created. There was no such thing as matter or stuff that we can touch. It was created. And so when we have people today saying, oh, there's no God, then how is everything created? Well, everything, everything started from nothing. Well, how can that be? Because you can't have something start from absolutely nothing. It's weird. I could, I could try to explain this to a five-year-old and I go, that doesn't make sense. How can you have something come from nothing? How can you have, when there's absolutely nothing, that all of a sudden something's created out of nothing that doesn't make any sense? So that's the cosmological argument. There's also something called the teleological argument, which is this, that when you look at the universe, there's order. And here's what I'm talking about, guys. When you start looking at the complexity of creation, we're in this thing called the Milky Way galaxy. Guys, this thing is absolutely massive, but it is only one of about 300 to 350 billion galaxies in the known universe. And our Milky Way galaxy has about 300 to 350 billion stars just in ours. And all the rest of the 350 billion, give or take, galaxies all have about the same amount of stars, about 300 billion stars in all of them. Guys, our Milky Way galaxy is so big that if you go from one end to the other, if you've ever seen pictures, it kind of looks like a flat pancake, right? You go from one end to the other, it will take you 120,000 light years. What's that mean? The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. So to go from one end to the one end of the Milky Way galaxy to the other, you have to go the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second for 120,000 years, and you'll get there. Guys, that's what God said, hey, let there be, and he just starts to create it. And that's just one galaxy of hundreds of billion galaxies that are out there. Now, when you get up tomorrow, hopefully, I don't know, I don't know what the weather's like here, but at home, it's all clear. And you see that sun. Guys, that's the closest star that we have to us. Guys, the closest star that's to us is 93 million miles away. Think about that. So when you look at that sun, you're looking at something that is 93 million miles away. When you feel the heat from that sun, that heat is traveling 93 million miles to make it to your face. Guys, isn't that a little bit impressive? Guys, you can fit 1.3 million Earths inside of the sun. So when you look at this, well, it's not that big. It's massive. And God just breathed it out. See, I think it's in the book of Psalms, Psalm 33, give or take, verse five or six, where it says, out of, the, out of the breath of God came all the starry hosts. That means when God exhaled, the sun popped out. And you suddenly go, you can fit 1.3 million Earths inside the sun, but guys, that's not even the biggest star that they think that they found. And who they are, I don't know, they're the super smart people. Guys, this was one called Canis Majoris. You know what it literally means? Canis Majoris literally means the big dog. So this is the big dog star. Guys, you can fit seven quadrillion Earths inside that one star. And the Bible says that God just breathed it out. It didn't take him any effort. He just exhaled. Guys, this Earth that we're on, do you know how much it weighs? And I have no clue how they figured this out. I have no clue. All I know, 13 septillion, 170 sextillion pounds. You're like, I don't get it. So here we go. You go from millions, ready? You go from millions to billions, to trillions, to quadrillions, to quintillions, to sextillions, and then septillions. I still don't get it. I just know it's really heavy. That's all I get. Guys, and we're on this, we're on this planet. Think about it. That thing that weighs the, whatever there was, 13 septillion, 170 sextillion pounds, right now we're going at 1,000 miles an hour. We're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. Do you feel it? 
Okay, I'm glad to hear that, because if you do, you need some help. Okay, so <laughs> we're going 1,000 miles an hour. And while we're going 1,000 miles an hour, we're going around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. Guys, does anybody else get motion sickness besides me? I mean, I get, I get on swings, no joke. Last time I was on a swing, I was like, I'm on a swing. I was, I was a grown-up, and I just riding a swing, and about a minute in, I'm going, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it's just, I don't get, I get motion sickness like crazy. I'm really thankful that I don't feel myself going 1,000 miles an hour and around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. And then while that's happening, the sun and the nine planets, and I know that they took Pluto out again, so it's eight planets. I say, no, 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 leave Pluto in because I like him. So the sun and the nine planets are going around the middle of the Milky Way galaxy. We're spinning 1,000 miles an hour, 66,000 miles around the sun, 540,000 miles an hour around the middle of the Milky Way galaxy. So what makes you think you're in control of anything? Aren't we just hoping we don't crash? And yet I wonder this. And friends, this, I say these things in love. Please know that I love when I get a little bit straightforward. Isn't it amazing how we can look at a God who holds all things together the reason we don't take off and fly off in the middle of the universe is because God holds all things together. Isn't it amazing that as God's holding all that together, sometimes we look at God and think that he's not doing his job good. He's not doing it well. He needs to improve. Isn't it amazing we'll tell God how to be God and we can't even keep our rooms clean? Isn't it amazing how we'll look and say, hey, this, you're not doing this right. Hey, or, hey I prayed and they still died. I prayed and this still happened. You've been there? You prayed and they still got sick. How come, God? Like, did you fail? Did you miss it? Like, at some point, God, I, I was honest with you and I did all the things the Bible says to do and it still got bad. So has God failed? Not at all. Friends, we have to trust that this God who breathed out stars that he created this massive universe that's ever-expanding. Guys, it hasn't stopped. It keeps expanding. That God who put us on this planet that is moving so quick, that God knows what he's doing because here is time, matter, and space, and God exists outside of it. Guys, if you're going through something that's really difficult, let me encourage you for just a second. You're not quite sure how it's going to end up, but God has already lived out your tomorrows. Like, you're not sure how it's all going to play out, right? Can I just encourage you? God's not freaking out. He knows exactly how it plays out. Because he's lived out all of your tomorrows. He knows what he's doing. He knows how he's going to get you where he wants you to go. Because that God who measures the universe, the Bible says, with the span of his hand. Look up Isaiah. It's like God looks at this universe that's ever expanding. He goes, oh, it's like that big. Guys, I don't know how to talk to a God like that. Do you? I mean, that's kind of a freaky being, right? And so then you get this massive earth, we're on it, we're spinning, we're going crazy. And then you look at the stuff on it that he created. So yes, we've looked at this massive universe, and now we get really small. Guys, caterpillars. Guys, you realize there's 228 distinct muscles in just the head of a caterpillar? Do you, do you realize that has to be the worst job? To have to count those, the head, the the muscles of the head of a caterpillar. It's like, oh, what'd you do today? I counted some muscles in the head of a caterpillar. Wow, 
right? So, and, and tomatoes, guys, you know how many there are? How many different types of tomatoes? Guys, there are dozens of different types of tomatoes. I thought there was one. I thought there was one kind. Well, two. I thought there was the regular ones and then the organic ones. <laughs> That's all I knew. I didn't know the difference. And then you look at bananas. I thought there was two. Organic, non-organic. There's hundreds of different types of bananas. You sit there going, God, are you just bored? Or is God sitting there going, hey, I can take something that you're so used to and I'll make a whole bunch of them because I'm that creative. How about this? God made a zebra. God said, let there be a zebra. Guys, here, I read this. I don't know how they get this. I don't know how they understand it, but I'm just going to go with it. Did you know that when a, a mama zebra gives birth to baby zebra, baby zebra comes popping out, and then all of a sudden, mama zebra takes baby zebra away from the rest of the herd or whatever you call it, a bunch of zebras, takes them away and lets them hang out with her, just her, for a few months. You know why? So that baby zebra can memorize the stripes of mom. Because can you imagine being a baby zebra, popping out tons of zebras, you're looking at it going, mom, are you my mom? I'm a guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> mom. Isn't that crazy that there's like zebra pops out. Mom's like, you got to know who I am. Come on, get over here. So God goes from making the zebra and he made a hippo. Guys, you ever looked at a hippo and just thought, what is that? <laughs> guys, I, and I don't know if you guys know the game. Older people like me, we know. Remember the game, teachers, remember this? Remember Hungry Hungry Hippo or parents hungry? Oh, kids got it. I don't know if they have, is, do they have an app for it? Because I figure that's the way that you play games now. But back in the day, there's like a board game. This is how boring we were. <laughs> okay, so you have this board and you stick, these, you stick these marbles in the middle. And then you got these four hippo heads, right? This is the whole game. Ready, set, go. That's all you do. And all the heads are like. Right? And it's like, whoever wins, whoever has more marbles wins. Guys, we were very easily entertained. It's like, this is the best game ever. <laughs> Guys, here's the thing. We always just picture hippos just being these nice little cuddly animals, right? You see a hippo, you go walking up to you, just hanging on his neck, going, you're so cute. Guys, do you realize that more people are mauled to death by hippos every year than by lions? I just don't think, I don't look at a hippo going, oh yeah, he could take me down. Guys, I think it's because we all think they're just cute little animals that we smack on the back to eat marbles. I don't, I don't, we don't get it. So God makes hippos, 20, 228 different muscles in the head of a caterpillar, dozens of different types of tomatoes, hundreds of different types of bananas. He makes the zebra, the hippo. Then he makes 60 different species of eagles. And did you know that the grip strength of an eagle is 10 times stronger than that of the human? The eyesight of an eagle is eight times greater than that of a human. An eagle could be flying two miles away and see a rabbit from two miles away and just sit there and go, there's lunch. And flying for two miles. Isn't it amazing that God can create that, that type of eyesight in a bird? And what do we get excited by? It's like, oh, guys, did you see the new iPhone? It's like the iPhone 742. <laughs> guys, it has like 6,500 cameras on the back. It's going to be amazing. And it's, oh, the camera, it's like, oh, 100 megapixels. Oh. And yet your eye sees at 526 megapixels. 
And we have people that say, well, you need someone to put the iPhone together and engineers that can develop the megapixels so that the camera's clearer. But when it comes to a 526 megapixel eyeball in somebody's head, it just happened? Guys, it makes no sense to me. Guys, then you look at your bodies, just personally. In your body, you have 75 trillion cells in your body. And in each one of those 75 trillion cells, each of those cells has what's called this DNA strand. That DNA strand is kind of like God typed out what you're going to be like. It describes you to a T. This is who you're going to be. This is how tall you'll be. This is how short you'll be. This is how much hair you'll have, what color it is, lack of, whatever. <laughs> this is what you're going to look like. Guys, if I was to take one DNA strand out of one cell and stretch it out, it would be about six feet long. So then if I took every DNA strand out of every one of my 75 trillion cells in my body and tied them end to end, friends, that's enough DNA to go from here to the moon and back 178,000 times. And so when the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, do you see it? Because this is what I think happens. I think a lot of times we look in the mirror, we don't see anything that's all that impressive because we're comparing ourselves with people that aren't really real. We'll look at pictures and we'll say, oh, if I could look like that, if I could be more like that, all the while that person who's looking at the picture of themselves is going, if I could look more like that. Guys, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator. You were in an accident, it's like, oh, it just kind of came together, this explosion that no one had any control over. It just happened. No, 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 no. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Guys, you realize that within your body, you have 100,000 miles of blood vessels. Guys, that's enough blood vessels to go around the earth four times. Guys, when the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you are. And then you go from just how our body works and you sit there and go, guys, do you realize that God created humor? Guys, isn't it just fun to laugh? Guys, you ever laugh so hard you just thought something was going to explode out of your stomach, right? It's like by the time you're done laughing, it's like, man, that was the sweetest ab workout ever, right? Or if you've ever had, <laughs> ever had, you ever been with mixed company, it's like, oh, and maybe one young lady one of you says, okay, if you don't stop, if you don't stop, I'm going to pee my pants. And all the guys are like, yeah, that's a challenge I'll accept. And that's what their goal is, to just make you laugh. And guys, you ever notice all the different types of laughter that there is? I mean, you have some people that have just an amazing laugh. I think when those YouTube videos where a baby's laughing, those are awesome. And then it's weird, you'll still get people that comment going, oh, what a bratty looking kid. I'm like, gosh, we're so evil. And so you have the people that have the cool laugh, and then you have those other people that don't. Like every time they laugh, it's like, oh my gosh, there's demons <laughs> trying to get out of your body right now. Isn't it amazing that God is the one who created laughter? Guys, he created taste buds. Like, is anybody thankful, like, all of a sudden when you get Chick-fil-A and you get the Chick-fil-A sauce? Not on a Sunday because they're always being, so, they're being the sensitive on the Lord's Day, whatever. But it's like, oh, here's the special sauce. Or an In-N-Out Double-Double. Come on. Right? Am I preaching some truth now? How many, be honest, how many of you guys suck on the cheese paper? Anybody? 
Okay, so it's not just me, okay? So, like, there's something about when God says, hey, hey, when you eat, I want to make sure you what? You enjoy it. Guys, I want you to laugh because God creates humor. He creates wisdom. He created music. He created knowledge. He created art. Guys, who here is artistic? You like to draw or act or sing or... Here's the thing. Shh, 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 shh. For those that say, that's, that's my jam. That's what I like. Guys, you realize that God is the one who created that which you're so passionate about, and he is the most gifted artist ever. How do I know? Because every morning, the sun that's 93 million miles, quote unquote, rises. Now, it doesn't really rise. We're, anyways, okay, so, but it rises. And guys, isn't it amazing that if there's been a storm the night before and the clouds are starting to disperse, Maybe you don't see the sunrise. Let's go to the sunset. Let's go over here. When the, when the clouds start to disperse and you're watching it, isn't it amazing that no matter what, if it's beyond gorgeous, what will people do? They'll take a picture and they'll post it. Even though we just saw this the night before and the night before and the night before because God, the greatest artist, put it there. For those that are artistic, ah. Oh, you're following in the footsteps of your creator. For those who like the sciences and, the, and like math and you're like engineering kind of things and putting things together, guys, you realize that you just look at the universe and it's all put together. You're living in the image of your creator. And so when you get to these parts when it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, when we look at Jesus, you're looking at God. He's not a God. There's some, there's some people that will translate this passage at the end of it and say, and the word was a God, and that's not correct. It's wrong. Guys, I know that we live in this world where, hey, you believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I believe. Like, your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth. Friends, I got to tell you, that is absolute chaos, because if my truth is this, if I believe my truth means I can take anything I want from anyone, then you can't stop me because it's my truth and I can live according to my truth. So if I want to live according to that, I just want to take advantage of people, I want to take their stuff because I want it, that means you can't come up and tell me not to because it's my truth. And the reason that God set up truth the reason that God has commandments of what's right and wrong is so that we can actually have a society or a culture that we're not, we're not going into chaos. God created it for our good. He set up commandments for our good. And sometimes I think we look at God and say, hey, these commandments, they're keeping me from fun. But God is the one who created fun. We're so easily entertained and our, and our focus, like in that part of the opener when the squirrel's like, squirrel, bam. They're like, huh? And then they come back. We're kind of like that. I use this example a lot. Guys, have you ever been to a, like a one-year-old birthday party? Yeah. You realize the one-year-old has no clue what's going on. All, in, all the, all the one-year-old knows is they're wearing new clothes, and they don't even know that. But it's like, I've never seen this before. And all of a sudden, all these people show up with all these boxes and gifts, and like, what, don't, I don't know what that's for. And it's be like, you're so cute. It's like, I don't know why we're talking about me again. And all of a sudden, it's the time to open presents, and you just put the gift, and 
And then they start opening them, and it's like, okay, paper. It's like, I like the paper, and they forget about the gift. Right? It's like, I don't care about the gift. Look at the bow. And then it's time for them to eat cake for the first time. It's the first time they've ever had sugar, and everything changes. But it's weird. They're fully clothed before, and then they're almost butt naked after. Like before the, um, before the cake comes out, all of a sudden they're just in a diaper in front of everyone. Guys, that sounds like a nightmare. I just, I just can't imagine people coming over for my birthday. It's like, hey, I've got a new, I got a new outfit. So glad you came. Thanks for the gift. Cake, strip off, sit there in my chonies and just chill out. It's so weird. But when it's a one-year-old, it's cute. And all of a sudden, here comes the cake and everyone's, boom, phones come out. It's like the paparazzi show up and they're just ready to go. It's like, oh, look, look, he's going to get ready to eat cake. Guys, no one takes video of me eating now. They don't, they don't sit and go, my gosh, get your, get, you got the camera? Brian's about ready to eat a cupcake in his underwear, which is weird. It's weird. So all of a sudden, they bring the cake out, and the, the kid doesn't even know. It's like they put it down like it's a grenade. They go, oh. And then we just wait. It's like you just watch. What's he going to do? So he like looks, he touches it. They're like, yes. And then he does this, and like, come on, come on. And then he tastes it, and bam. Looks at his parents, and in his mind, he's thinking, why have you kept this from me? A scoop, and then just a face. Bam, and they just go for it. Right? And then you come back to the gifts. They could care less about the gifts. Because if I took that one-year-old and I placed a can of soup and a $100 bill, both of those in front of the kid, what do you think the kid's going to go for? Can of soup, right? Guys, would you, who would go for the $100? If someone says, I'd go for the can of soup, I, I don't know what to say to you. But here's the thing. Guys, I, guys I, I, would, I, would, I might push the one-year-old out of the way to get the $100 bill. Because I recognize the value of the $100 bill. The kid goes, I want the soup. Because you can roll it, you can pound it, you can throw it at mom. She freaks out like, this is it. But here's the thing. Guys, we're kind of like that. God's like, if you understood the value of what I want to give you, you would take that which looks shiny, that stuff you're settling for, that sin that looks pretty, you would push that to the side and you would wait for God's best. The commandments that God set up are for our good. And he gives good things. Even if at times it's wrapped in something that's difficult, he gives good things. His commandments are for your good. Uh, back at home, I'm, I've been married to my wife, Kelly. She loves Jesus, and I'm so thankful for her. Uh, this coming July will be 25 years, and I've got two boys. Uh, I've, got a, I've got an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old, and man, when they said don't blink, when parents said don't blink, don't blink, they're going to be out before you know it. I'm like, oh, shut up. Of course, they're. my oldest is now in college, first year in college. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're gone, or one's gone. But I remember when he's little and he's, like, when he's first born, babies don't do much. I mean, they keep you up all night, but they just, he didn't move around. But once he got mobile... 
I got more exhausted. And I haven't been well rested since. But it's like, but we had, my wife and I had just had this conviction. Hey, we're not going to baby-proof our house. You're just going to learn our rules. I'm like, how could you do that? I don't know. It's our house. Welcome to my, welcome to my world. You're just going to be here. And so we, uh, we, we just taught, hey, don't touch the, don't touch the outhead, outlet. Don't, don't play with the garbage disposal. All these things we teach him. But there was that first time where all of a sudden, Tyler, he kind of pushes up on the table and he looks. And I don't know why he saw the outlet. But he just goes, that's it. That's what I want. And it's weird to watch a little one as he's standing up. When they get down the air, they just plop. They just kind of go, bam. And then they go, boom. He starts to crawl. And I'm in my, I'm in my chair over here. I'm like, I know what he's doing. And he starts crawling closer and closer. And I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do it. Don't do it. No, don't do that. He goes, he seriously, I said, Tyler, no. He looks back. And before that, I thought my kid was perfect. I thought he was like the second Messiah. I, did, I thought he was the second Christ. It was crazy. I didn't get a sin nature. But he looks back. It's like he looks and goes, Shut up. And then he just keeps going. <laughs> and I knew, I don't know what it is with babies. They go, this, this goes in that. So he starts to reach out and I get out of my chair and I go, whack. And he's like, mm. he looks around. I said, Tyler, that was Jesus. I said, I'm not interested. And I said, hey, I said, no. Hey, daddy said, no, don't do it. And he gets, he's kind of getting upset. I'm like, Okay, dude, this is not going to end well for you. Do you really think you can take me? I can, I'll jack you up. No, I didn't say that. But as he's getting, so he goes, he gets like, mm, he starts to crawl again. As he does, whack. I think like five times, whack, whack. All of a sudden his hand's red. And he said, and then he just sits there like in defeat. Mm. And some of you might sit there and go, that is so rude. And if that's your first response, please do not have children. When you have people go, oh, they have to learn on their own. You just got to let them learn. Don't have kids. Because what should I do? Oh, hey, Tyler, come here. That's not going to fit. Take this knife. <laughs> Stick in there and there. Just hold on. Just do it. Guys, why did I set those rules up? Both boys had to follow the rules. Why? Here's why. Because I wanted them. I wanted them to live. Guys, when... I set up rules for my boys. It's for their good. It's for their joy. When God, who is God of the universe, sets up these commandments and ways to live, we need to get out of this mentality that, well, you're just keeping me from doing the fun stuff. He's keeping you from the stuff that'll kill you. He loves you. And this God is perfect and great and good. His name is Jesus. Friends, out of all of our time together for the next few days, what do I want to see happen at the end? This is what I want to see. Not that you know more, not that you just know more about Jesus, but that you love him more. That's the difference. Because I want you to be in love with him because for the longest time, I wasn't. For the longest time, I was just in it. I was in it for his stuff. I mean, I get heaven. Yeah, I get all the stuff that heaven had. Yeah, I get all these blessings. Yeah, give me that. But uh, Jesus, really? I mean, he's cool. I like him. I remember hearing somebody ask the question, if you got to heaven and Jesus wasn't there, would you be bummed? And I sat there and I thought through it. I was like, I'd be bummed for a little bit. But I get his stuff, right? 
Guys, that was 20, uh, 28 years ago, I think now. See, God had to do some changing in my life and break me and shape me. Because heaven now, I could care less when people go, oh, there's streets of gold. Okay. What are you going to do, steal a brick? <laughs> it's like it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, why is that so important? There's streets of gold, pearly white gates. Okay. Here's heaven for me. Just give me two chairs, one for Jesus. And maybe not even a chair for me. I'll just sit on the floor and listen. And then how cool would it be to go, hey, Jesus, you've created a new heaven and a new earth. Could you take me on a tour? Just take me. Just tell me what you were thinking when you made that and when you made that. But you have to tell me about every star before we say, hey, the next person gets to do this. Guys, I want you to love Jesus. Just love him with everything you got because I'm telling you, he is absolutely wild and crazy about you. He loves you. He loves you. Can I pray for you? Let me pray. Jesus, thank you. God, I think I needed to hear that last part. God, you know me. You know that I am so hard on myself. And I can become a legalist very quickly. And I can forget about grace. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you love us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do greater work than ever. Holy Spirit, I pray that the work that you do this week makes the book of Acts look tame. God, please draw people to you, closer to Jesus. Those who are here that don't know you, they haven't surrendered to you, draw them into relationship with you through Jesus. Holy Spirit, convict us of sin that we might make much of Jesus. No matter who we are, student or staff or parent or Hume staff, all of us, God, draw us deeper with you, draw us closer to Jesus. God, thank you that you're great and you're good. Thank you for how good you are to us. God, do a great work, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says, amen. Love you all more than you.